With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. Um, So there's a lot going on. Really quickly, though, before we jump in, um, uh, don't forget video streaming. We're on all the video platforms. So go share that with uh, friends. Let people know that it's available. It's only been live for a few weeks now. So uh, let people know that TNT Radio is now also available uh, in video format. So also still on all the podcast platforms, but there's now also video if you choose uh, to uh, engage that way. Um, And definitely hang out in the chat rooms. There's lots of really great conversations that happen there. Uh, and check out the app as well. Um, there's a TNT Radio app both on Google Play and the Apple App Store. So that's how I listen. Um, that way, I can I, I like to listen while I'm, uh, you know, doing laundry or some other really ridiculously boring <laughs> chore that I have to do. Uh, making dinner. You know, my kids feel like they have to be fed every day. I don't know what that's about, but um, I often listen to TNT Radio when I'm doing those things. So you can carry us around in your pocket. It's good fun, family fun for everyone. Um, also, don't forget TNT Radio Shop uh, live, ready for you uh, shirts hats, hoodies, you name it, coffee mugs, um, uh, pet gear, whatever you want. There's a little something for everyone. So go to tntradio.live backslash shop um, and get you some, get yourself something, first of all, treat yourself. Uh, and then also if you would like to get your friends and family something for the holidays. Uh, but I would get orders in quick because it is... <laughs> It's so close. Christmas is so close. I'm panicking. Um, okay. Uh, couple. Uh, oh, first of all, tonight we have uh, Shanda Masta back on the show. I love when she's here. She always has fantastic energy. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but I also just wanted to uh, uh, once again remind you of the Libertarian Institute's um, winter fundraiser. Uh, I love the guys over there. I know you guys hear me talk about them all the time. I myself am not a libertarian. Um, I am very much uh, ideologically homeless. I don't like labels. Um, uh, Julian Assange once said that all of our ideologies really mean nothing because we don't even have the truth of where we've been. So how can we possibly know uh, anything about ideologies or any of that stuff? So, and I, I very much fall into that category and I don't feel like any one particular group has it all right, has all of the answers. So I don't like labels, but I do have a lot of friends over at the Libertarian Institute um, and they do fantastic work. And uh, obviously Kyle Anslone has been on the show numerous times um, and he has an article out from yesterday <laughs> that I wanted to read to you because it is so ridiculous and absurd, but here we are, United States of America. The the title is Top Defense Official. U.S. can handle Middle East, Russia, and China all at once. Can we? (laughs) Can we, though? Uh, Okay, so this is not the first guy that we've heard say this. We've heard uh, Joe Biden said it. I also think uh, Janet Yellen was questioned about it in terms of the financial aspect, and she she said, of course, we can totally handle that. You know, we can't provide health care or food, or we can't take care of the people of Lahaina and Maui uh, or the people of East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, But we can fight three wars with (laughs) major nuclear powers. It's fine, guys. Uh, So the article starts off with Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral Christopher Grady, said the Pentagon was prepared to fight a proxy war against Russia and Ukraine, aid the Israeli onslaught in Gaza, and arm Taiwan for a potential war with China. The Admiral argued that all all the military efforts could could be completed simultaneously, and the Navy was not stretched thin. Uh, At an Atlantic Council event, Grady said, quote, 
you look at what is required to support Ukraine, look at what might be required to support our partner in Israel. And of course, uh, you put Taiwan on top of that. We have the construct that we do with combat commanders and the rest that should allow us to command and control these these three things all at one time, end quote. Uh, he then continued, quote, it's part of our campaigning process, which is central to the national defense strategy. Is it challenging? Sure, end quote. My guy. Uh, after Russia invaded Ukraine, and pledged to give Ukraine the weapons needed to win the war. Over the past 19 months, Washington has sent Kiev tens of billions in arms, not to mention the over $100 billion uh, in uh, money to a very corrupt country, by the way. Um, over the past two months, Washington has sent Tel Aviv 15,000 bombs and 57,000 artillery shells. Israel has targeted civilian homes with American-made bombs. However, the White House has refused to place any conditions on the aid it sends to Tel Aviv. The transfers have stretched American weapons uh, depots to their redline levels. Uh, the shortage has led the White House to send cluster variants of artillery shells to both Ukraine and Israel. In addition to arms transfers, the U.S. has deployed tens of thousands of soldiers to Eastern Europe to train Ukrainian troops and facilitate weapon shipments to Kiev. Uh, in the Middle East region, the White House deployed two aircraft carrier strike groups. Grady's belief that the U.S. could fight a three-front war is White House policy. President Joe Biden is pushing Congress to pass a $106 billion funding package to fund Ukraine, Israel, and a military buildup in the Asia-Pacific. The Admiral also indicated the military-to-military -military talks between the U.S. and China may start soon, quote, so we're ready when they are, and I suspect we'll see that shortly, end quote. Jeez, Louise. Uh, during a meeting between Biden and President uh, Chinese President Xi uh, Jinping last month, the two leaders agreed to resume military-to-military -military communications. However, the U.S. has engaged in a pair of provocative naval maneuvers in the South China Sea to challenge Beijing's territorial claims. So, I mean, nothing to worry about here. Everything's fine. Uh, you know, and we've talked about this on this show numerous times. We cannot. It's absurd. It is crazy that anybody thinks that we can handle all three of those situations at one time, nor should we. Uh, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. The United States is insane and we every problem is solved militarily. That is just what we do. Um, but I, again, just a reminder, y'all homelessness at an all-time high our education system in the toilet infrastructure is in uh, the gutter um we have uh, we have no people can't afford health care people can't people can't afford a 500 emergency in this country it we are um <laughs> very quickly uh, headed down the downward spiral uh we are an empire in decline and uh, this is exactly this is textbook how empires fail uh they overextend themselves militarily and don't take care of their own stuff back at home and we are watching that play out so look around you're living within history the united states empire is dying right in front of us so uh again go to the libertarian institute uh, libertarianinstitute.org and uh donate to them if you feel so inclined kyle anslone does great great work over there as do many other people uh they're fantastic and that was one of the articles uh, out from yesterday so okay don't forget you can follow me over on the tweeters at sarcasm stardust uh check out the substack mistywinston.substack.com there's a write-up for the guest of the day every day so you can find follow and support their work as well and if you would like you can shoot me an email mistywinston at tntradio.live guest idea show idea whatever um and also if you have a suggestion for a possible guest just in general that you want to hear on tnt radio or you have a topic that you feel we should be discussing uh, we definitely want to hear from you. You can uh, complete the suggestion form over on the TNT Radio website, which again is tntradio.live, and you can help us make a difference right here on TNT Radio. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is a fun one. A U.S. senator has warned that unidentified governments are surveilling 
iPhone and Android users via their apps push notifications. Oh, what fun. Here with this story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. So my friend, not only is my own government spying on me, but also various unidentified governments, right? Well, I think they're all lumped into the same uh, label because <laughs> the way our government is acting, I don't recognize it. I don't know you. Who well, who are you? Unknown to me. Um, silly joke, I know. Fair. All right, so that's fair. <laughs> this is this is yes, kind of. I mean, it's so yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's immediately what we think of. Like our own governments are spying on us. Why why should no other government be allowed to do that too? Right. Uh, so the push notifications that you get on your smartphone during the day may be more than just annoying interruptions, according to one U.S. senator whose office has been looking into them uh, in a letter on Wednesday uh, to the Department of Justice. Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, said his office received a tip that foreign government agencies were demanding that push notification records from Apple and Google be provided. He warned that those notifications, which are shown on phones screens, can be used to spy on users. Uh, Google's and Apple's push notifications mean that the two firms are, quote, in a unique position to facilitate government's surveillance of how users are using particular apps, end quote. That's what the senator wrote. His letter did not elaborate on the foreign governments that may have used them to surveil users. Uh, notably, he didn't mention how we do it to ourselves. Uh, Mr. Wyden wrote in the letter, quote, Apple and Google should be permitted to be transparent about the legal demands they receive, particularly from foreign governments, just as the companies regularly notify users about other types of government demands for data. And well, I guess he kind of addressed it there. Mr. Wyden said that as, quote, with all of the other information these companies store for or about their users, because Apple and Google deliver push notification data, they can be secretly compelled by governments to hand over this information. <clears throat> he said, quote, these companies should be permitted to generally reveal whether they have been compelled to facilitate this surveillance practice to publish aggregate statistics about the number of demands they receive and unless temporarily gagged by a court to notify specific customers about demands for their data, end quote, meaning that wouldn't fly here in America if you're Donald Trump. Mr. Wyden also called on the DOJ to repeal or change, quote, any policies that impede this transparency, end quote. In a statement to several media outlets, Apple stated that Mr. Wyden's letter gave them the opening they needed to share more details with the public about how governments monitored push notifications. <clears throat> this gets more interesting. The company said in a statement, quote, in this case, the federal government prohibited us from sharing any information. Now that this method has become public, we are updating our transparency reporting to detail these kinds of requests, end quote. Google stated that it shared Mr. Wyden's, quote, commitment to keeping users informed about these requests, end quote. The statement from Google says, quote, we were the first major company to publish a public transparency report sharing the number and types of government requests for user data we receive, including the requests referred to by Senator Wyden, end quote. Wow, Misty, Apple and Google are acting really defensive here. Um, should I go on? Probably not. Um, we could bring up Pegasus if we want, but I don't think we have to. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, 
I don't think anybody's surprised by this, y'all. They're spying on you every which way imaginable. Um, if there is a potential for them to be spying on you, they're doing it. And yet we could talk about Pegasus, which, by the way, is an Israeli-based NSO group. Um, uh, listen, Israel, nobody does surveillance quite like Israel. Uh, they are selling their uh, surveillance equipment and software all around the globe. Uh, numerous people have exposed them uh, before. Uh, but listen, we've been we've been getting warned about this by various different people, Ed Snowden, Julian Assange, others, uh, for a very long time. And it seems as if nobody really cares that much, which is very strange to me. I don't want any government spying on me, my own or any other government. I don't I don't care who you are. You don't need to be spying on me. You don't need to know what push notifications I'm getting. You don't need to read my emails. You don't need to know where I shop or where I go to get my gas or any of that stuff, but they are doing it. And this is something that I it's so frustrating to me because we sh it should be set up so that the people have privacy, right? People should have privacy. Power should be completely transparent. And it is completely reversed right now. They know everything there is to know about us. Again, they know everything. They know what cereal you prefer. They know what size shoe you wear, where you shop, where your kids go to school, um, what magazines you read, what music you listen to. They know everything. And we know next to nothing about the things that they are doing behind closed doors. And it's been exposed so many times. And I I'm also just once again going to encourage people to go check out the Vault 7 releases from WikiLeaks. Uh, it was a uh, leak in March of 2017. Holy cow, y'all. I mean, the things that they can do um, are terrifying. And it's uh, everything that you, and I, I forget who the quote is from. It's I'm, my memory's failing me right now, but anything, and I'm butchering it also, but anything that you think that they're doing, it's nowhere near as bad as it actually is. I mean, uh, and it that's what's so frustrating and so terrifying about this is that it just continues to get worse and it feels as if nobody uh, really minds all that much. And in fact, you still have those people out there who will say, well, I have nothing to hide. So why do I care? It's not about that, y'all. It's not. I have nothing to hide either. I still don't want them looking at my stuff and nobody should. It's crazy to me. Um, but it's only that it's just it's just going to keep getting worse. They're just going to keep spying on us in other various different ways. We're going to have zero privacy and eventually we'll be eating bugs and loving it. Right, Adam? <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, for for its part, Apple of the two seems to be the one who is always constantly, at least in the news or, you know, their public relations department does a good job of making them appear like they fight back against these attempts to encroach on people's privacy and uh, to, you know, use censorship and stuff like that. I mean, they uh, Apple, that is, they uh, they they actually filed a lawsuit against Pegasus. <laughs> Um, what is the, is it's just called Pegasus? I thought I had a full yeah. name. Okay. So it's just Pegasus. Uh, I don't think how, it yeah. I think it's just boring. Pegasus. Yeah. But it is, is an, is an Israeli based NSO group, as you pointed out, but, uh, Apple sued them, uh, back in 2021. Uh, they describe, uh, Pegasus in a statement as a state sponsored actor that spends quote millions of dollars on sophisticated surveillance technologies without effective accountability end quote but as you pointed out israel's got a pretty good game with the surveillance thing um except of course on october 7th when they were right. resetting their system or something happened that day I, I don't know what what was going Convenient. on with that but 
Also, did you see that conveniently the cameras along the border uh, pulled an Epstein and those cameras, for some reason, all of that uh, footage from the October 7th attack has just disappeared. Crazy how that worked out. So those cameras Epstein themselves. um, And uh, so now Israel has no they were going to do an investigation about their uh, uh, their actions on October 7th and the fact that they murdered their own people, which they did. Um, uh, But now there's no footage of that conveniently. All of that has just magically disappeared uh, from the hard drives, which is interesting. But yes, and Pegasus is crazy. Uh, it's been used on uh, uh, what terrifies me the most is um, journalists, activists, dissidents, all of that, which I, you know, I fall into a couple of those categories there. So uh, yeah, it is. Uh, and I just wish I really wish people cared about this kind of stuff more. It just doesn't seem as if they do. It seems as if people are quite fine with the fact that uh, governments can spy on us, which is crazy to me. Again, go read Vault 7. The things that they can do, you need to know about it, and it should absolutely make you lose sleep at night. It is terrifying. Um, All right, Adam, thanks for bringing us this story. We will talk to you again tomorrow. As always, hang tight. We're going to be right back here on TNT Radio. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I know the situation, and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. um, Since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, So it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, But over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. The conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Our guest today is my dear friend, Shanda Massa. Shanda is an independent content creator, journalist, and activist who hosts over at Roar Media. Please go check them out. Support independent media. Uh, She also hosts the show Trailer Park Pundit, Beauty and the Boomer, and To Hell and Back, uh, which is an incredible show about addiction. You should go check that out. Uh, She hosts that, co-hosts that with my friend Pasta. Uh, And she's also a recent recipient of a 2023 Indie Media Award for Excellence in Independent Journalism. Hey, my friend, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited because I just came out of the uh, Center for Political Innovation uh, uh, Convention this weekend. 
And uh, you know how you get so pumped when you're in a room with everybody talking about yeah. everything, you know, so I got lots of good stuff to talk about today. So thanks yeah. for having okay. me. It's good timing. No, let's dive into that because uh, you did just attend. Uh, it was in Portland, right? Am I right? It was in Portland. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought for some reason, I was like, I second guess myself as soon as I said it. Uh, so you went to the Center for Political Innovations uh, conference that they just had. Uh, they had some really great speakers. And also, thank you, my friend. You set oh, up I, an Assange table. You know, I love that. Um, <laughs> Always. Uh, so yeah, you, you set up an Assange table. Uh, first of all, what was the response like to the Assange table? Did you have a lot of good feedback about that? Absolutely. You know, that was one of the perfect places to be. And we got a lot of uh, emails and signatures. We put out um, blank writing pages and just asked everybody to write Assange a message. And we bundled all those up or sent them off to Assange. So kind of a hello from the first uh, CPI convention. And there was a lot of people I was shocked that didn't uh, know. You know, I I always just assume everybody knows like we do, right? (laughs) You know, like, what do you mean you don't know who Assange is, right? So it was nice. And there was different levels of understanding, like, he's from Australia? What do you mean? Like, you know, like, yes, he's not an American citizen, and America is holding him in the worst prison in the world, you know, and uh, more people need to know uh, and and be ready, you know, being ready for day X. I don't know much about what is planned, but uh, being a an Assange supporter for eight years. You know, I was a Bernie delegate in 2016. If it wasn't for Assange and Seth Rich, we wouldn't have known what was really going on. So I've been steadfast for Assange ever since then. And just getting new people on board, you know, like getting that energy pumped up. It was good. But the conference yeah. was amazing all the way around. And we we were right at the front door. So everybody had to come through us first in order to that. get into the rest of the conference. And then what we did <laughs> is we set up uh, one of the big Assange um, posters that we have. You know, we have the big drop vinyl ones. And we set up a ring light next to it so people could walk up and literally take a picture with them with the free Assange behind them. So that was kind of encouraging. Oh, I love that. Kind of little fantastic. niches, trying to get people People interactive with our tables. So, yeah, because then they'll, they'll post that on their social media, which right. is always good right. because that helps get the. And also, just so everybody knows, uh, Shannon just mentioned Day X. If you don't know what that is, I've spoken about it a couple of different times on the show. We had Gabriel Shipton on, we talked about it with him. Um, uh, I forget who else we've talked about it with. I think Matt, um, but we've had a couple of different people and we've talked about it. But Day X, um, uh, uh, so we're still waiting, of course. We're always waiting uh, for the most recent decision from the high court on the request for appeal. Um, unfortunately, we never know when these things are going to happen. There's no yeah. set deadline. There's no like, hey, this is going to come down on this date at this time. Um, and this one is really kind of this is kind of the Hail Mary. So this is the last kind of not the last grasp because there are some uh, other potential legal opportunities in the UK or in Europe. Uh, there's a European Court of Human Rights and stuff like that. But all of that is very iffy. Um, so if this request for appeal is denied, Julian Assange could eventually uh, could uh, be extradited uh, really within hours of that decision being made. And so because we don't have any um, uh, idea as a timeline, what day X is, is you can just go and sign up for it. And then when that decision comes down, you will get alerted to that. And then uh, especially if you're in the UK, um, if it's accepted, there's going to be a new court date um, in front of a public court. So people will be able to actually attend. So um, we just want people to be able to be notified immediately so that we can get on the ground immediately. Because Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. We got to fundraise. We got to get people moved across the country. It's a major thing in the United States when we go to these big things. So giving people, but I got to ask you, Missy, what does your gut say? Uh, Does the Biden administration really want during an election year 
to have him in the United States, in Virginia, with us there. So what is their plan to just keep ignoring it and kicking the Assange can down the road for another year, two years, five years? Yeah. How how can they legally get away with that? I mean, you're being indefinitely detained for nothing. Like, this is insane. It is insane. But I think that that's. Yeah, that's exactly what I think that they intend to do, because you're right. The Biden administration does not want him to be brought here uh, during an election year. Uh, that is uh, and he's already facing multiple unmitigated disasters. Um, uh, his, his presidency is not doing so well. It's on life support as he is, actually. Right. Um, so, yeah, I and I've always said that I don't think that they I don't think that any of them I don't think any of these guys and I don't think Obama wanted him here. I don't think Trump wants him here. I don't think Biden wants him here. I think that they would be very happy if he would just die in prison. I think that that's really always been exactly. the goal. And we know we know that their, their their intention has always been, and we know this because Julian Assange himself leaked that information through the Stratford files, where there was a conversation being had uh, in those emails where they were trying to figure out how to deal with their Assange problem. And one of the ways that they came up with was, well, we'll just tie him up in legal stuff for the next 25 years, which is exactly what they're exactly doing. What um, and so, yeah, I don't think that they, uh, I think that that would be I don't think that they, the reason why I don't think they want him brought here is because that opens up um, a can of worms that they cannot close. It makes it much more difficult for our mainstream press to ignore the situation. Um, and I think that it awakens a beast in the United States. I think it's been fairly difficult to get support for Julian Assange in the United States up until now. Um, I mean, we obviously have a lot of amazing groups. You, you guys out there uh, do fantastic stuff. We have Tulsa, we have Boston, we have, right. um, uh, I mean, there's groups all over the place, right? But I think that if he is brought here and it becomes a bigger talking point, I think that that awakens people. Um, um, and I think that that makes it a much more heavily debated subject matter. And also, I think that that opens up the conversation then not just about Julian Assange and why he's being uh, uh, charged, but also what was in the leaks that he is being charged for. And they do not want to have those conversations. They do not Never. want to have. Yeah. They, there's been a lot of effort put into making the uh, debate on this issue about Julian Assange. And he's uh, 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 he's a hacker and he's a traitor and he's a rapist and he's a blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they do that because they don't want to have the conversation about the war crimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So, exactly. Um, they're doing like on a so lot many of, levels. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of desperate effort to keep the conversation uh, focused elsewhere. So I don't think that they want him here. So let's take a quick break. We got to get some headlines. Hang tight. We'll be back here on TNT Radio. Okay, everybody, listen up. Big news. Big news. For real big news. Here we go. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Recent images suggested Israeli forces are gearing up to flood Hamas's extensive tunnel network beneath the Gaza Strip with seawater. Israel reportedly has set up at least five pumps near the Al-Shadi refugee camp, capable of transferring thousands of cubic meters of water per hour. Legislation in the UK requiring car makers to produce an escalating minimum quota of electric vehicles passed despite 38 conservative MPs rebelling against it. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. 
All right. We're here with my pal, Shanda Masta, who was just at the Center for Political Innovation, uh, the recent conference that they just had over the weekend. Um, a lot of really great speakers, Shanda. I mean, they had uh, my pal, Garland Nixon. I love Garland Nixon. I do, too. I do, too. I'm a big fantastic. fan. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, yeah. Who was there? We had Garland. I really enjoyed Garland. I always do. You know, I, I'm a avid listener of Garland's. I think uh, his analogies uh, in layman's term are so important for especially those of us in the trailer park. Right. And then um, <laughs> some of my other favorites was Elise Stranahan. He closed the the day for where we were at and uh, he did an amazing job. And of course, Scott Ritter. Scott Ritter always just brings it right with and and, you know, the um, the theme was a world beyond imperialism, which was so important. You know, the the talking of censorship, you know, in the United States. Yeah, we have censorship and we have spying on us. And but we don't realize that in the EU, it's so much worse for their yeah. citizens. Like uh, just having an anti-Semitic symbol on a book, you're going to jail for it uh, indefinitely. Yeah. And so to be able to hear from some people in, you know, that came over from the UK uh, was pretty shocking. Like, you know, even being in it like we are, it still shocks me to hear that people are being arrested and, and politically prosecuted for their beliefs and their opinions. And it's just getting so much worse. And so the theme was dare to win. Right. Because we talk about how we want a world without imperialism and what does that look like and how do we get there? But are we really committed to wanting to winning win that fight? You know, and so Caleb Maupin was great. So was Peter Coffin. I got me some good books, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was great. Um, yeah. And I can't wait to go again next year. I think it's going to grow. I really do. Well, I mean, those are conversations that I'm so glad that we're having. Um, it seems as if that really that kind of um, uh, mentality, I guess, or that kind of energy is really you can feel it, Shanda. I mean, like yeah, it's yeah. obviously for you and I, we've been doing this kind of stuff for years, and um, so I, I often question myself, like, is it really growing, or are you just yeah, like, desperately seeking? <laughs> like, are you desperately seeking some you positivity just want it out so there? Bad. But yeah. no, yeah, but I, I really do think that it's growing. Like, I really do. Feel like it there's uh, multiple groups. I mean, especially, um, uh, and it's unfortunate that it had to come, you know, from a genocide being committed against the people of Palestine. But um, uh, the the protests that we're seeing, the millions of people who are out there, the millions of people who are now asking questions, who are now starting to rethink the things that they've been told about not just Palestine but various other different conflicts, and that I think is just. Um, and I've been saying this for some time that I feel like the empire overplayed its hand. Um, and oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But that you can blame that straight on Benjamin Netanyahu. You know, yes. he had Biden twist arm twisted and said, I'm going. And no matter how much Biden says no, I mean, we all know APEC owns our entire Congress, our entire government. So but now we're in this really scary place. I mean, they keep poking China. We're up there yes. poking China. We've, you know, we had what a ceasefire for five days and then they just started targeting children again. And they're doing that for a reason. They're killing the next generation of freedom fighters is why they're targeting hospitals and, you know, all of these uh, these children. But, you know, my question is, where do we go from here? How do we go into a world war with the little uh, support that the Democrats in this administration has? But and we have an election coming up like I'm so scared for the next 12 months, Misty, I gotta tell you, yeah. I'm really very well, worried about it. Listen, it's not looking good. And I think that a lot of people are um, deluding themselves into thinking that um, it's not as bad as it is. I think it's far worse than anybody even recognizes. I mean, as you mentioned, we're, uh, you know, we're poking at Russia. 
we have uh, yeah. Taiwan on the back burner. So we're going to be poking at China, which we have been doing for some time now, kind of right. um, covertly and in various different. Oh, yeah. We're in the Red Sea crossing yeah. the international lines. And yeah. what are you going to do about it? Right, right. And now the Middle East. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? And I just I don't know if you were listening at the top of the show. I just covered where there's various different high level American officials who were talking about this as if, oh, it's fine. We can totally handle these three different conflicts at one time. It's totally cool. We cannot. We absolutely yeah. cannot take on, first of all, just take on Russia and China together at the same, yeah. that is a suicide mission. Are you joking? Like, that's crazy. That is insanity. That is crazy. That is but insanity. That's what they want well, to do. But, you know, the American empire is in such decline and we don't want to face it. We don't want to admit it. And, you know, these global leaders, the World Economic Forum, the Brits countries, they have a future plan. And I hate to tell you guys, it doesn't include the United States. We are going to no. become labeled that shithole third world country. We have been at the top of the pile for way too long. And I think a part of these uh, international conflicts, the potential wars they're dragging us into, are not going to stand at the same time that our economy is just totally tanked right and they just gaslight us what are you talking about the economy is great you know like Bidenomics, no, baby <laughs> Bidenomics, exactly <laughs> just keep gaslighting us but this you're watching the end of late stage capitalism in the united states the decline of it and we're not going to yeah. come out of this by uh manufacturing you know world war ii we just came out of the great depression and the manufacturing for the war machine really helped the united states i don't see that happening this time around and a lot of people want to think that at the higher levels, right? Like Boeing and Raytheon, all these companies that are going to get these contracts to build these weapons of war. Oh, but it's great for the American economy. But it's not. It really, not. at the end of the day, it's not. It's no, it's not sustainable. Really not. And I think that the cost of all of that far uh, outweighs any possible potential. And I hate even saying reward because that's so gross. I mean, it's blood money, but it, I mean, that's it how they money. see it, right? And the risk, I think, is it far outweighs the reward. But listen, uh, uh, we've seen what's so frustrating about humans is that we're really dumb, right? We are really stupid. We, are. we have historical precedent. We have seen numerous empires fail in the past, and it is. Yes always the same it's always yeah. the same i talked about this a little bit at the top of the show they and always over ex overextend overextend yes. your freaking military yes. overextend yourself budget wise yes we are so yeah. there and yeah Yep, I yeah, agree. we've seen it play out so many times and we never learn our lesson. And it is so unbelievably frustrating because uh, these things are entirely avoidable, which is why I think it's really the controlled demolition of the United States it empire. Is. I don't think it's an accident, um, uh, no, but it's no. just very frustrating because it seems as if uh, the people, the like you and I, the average American person should be able to recognize the game that's being played. And so many people are just still uh, unable to see past the propaganda. And it's just... It's like I'm banging my head against a wall. It's very yeah. frustrating. Oh, it is so frustrating. I just kind of looked at them as the, the, you know, it's the same people too. It's the ones that yeah. fell for COVID. It's the ones that yeah. fell for Ukraine, Ukraine. You know, I just yeah. see like, oh, there's the village of the damned. And there's the rest of us that have a clue of what's really going on. And we need to come together and find our communities because we're going to have to rely on each other's strengths and our networks. You know, I keep telling yeah. people what's the most important thing you can do. Build your network. I don't care if it's online and you never leave your house. It still is a network that's going to yeah. help you keep your sanity, uh, help you decipher the misinformation that we're fed every day, all day. And um. 
it gives you a sense of well-being to be a part of a community. So get out there, find your community, find what you're passionate in, because we're going to need it as we go into this next couple of years. Man. Yeah. And that's why I keep telling people to stop focusing on your differences where you disagree, because uh, there are so many people like I, I was talking about the Libertarian Institute earlier. I'm not a libertarian. I disagree with them on a lot yeah. of things. However, yeah, exactly. they're incredibly good on anti-war. They're incredibly good on free speech. They're incredibly good on anti-censorship. They're good on a lot of things that are really, really important to me. So there's a lot of people who will like, you know, stick their nose in the air and, oh, libertarians, or th there are a lot of libertarians who will stick their nose up about, oh, socialists. And you agree on a lot of things, you jokers. Like, you I really, know. you're going to, you're going to turn your nose Even up. Even the communists. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah, so exactly. stupid. It's so infantile and self-defeating. And um, I'm just all about finding allies wherever I can find them. And if we disagree on some things here and there, that's fine. Uh, but if you are uh, anti-empire and you're anti-imperialism and you are anti-war and you are pro-free speech and you those are the things that are most important right now. And we can have our arguments later about the other stuff, right? We can fight later. Let's figure, yeah. I mean, we have to deal with the system that's designed to kill us all. And then we can have those conversations, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, right. it's just so silly, Shanda. Okay, we got to take another quick break. Issues. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, we got to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be right back here on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that those 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Abel. I often forget to mention that he's an amputee because Abel will try any activity he can. My arm helps me with basically everything. He doesn't see what he can't do, he sees what he can do. Yeah, okay. this is helping. The War Amps has just given him the ability to do all the activities every kid can do. When you donate to the War Amps, you help kids like me. Thank you! Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're here joined by my pal Shanda Masta, and we're just having a chat. I love when Shanda comes on. We just rant a little bit about whatever happens to come up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that as we were just talking about, I think that, um, you know, coming together on the issues where we can find agreement is so unbelievably important. And um, I feel like people are so easily distracted and it's so I don't know how we get people over that. I really don't because it's, uh, I mean, seriously, we're facing legitimate nuclear annihilation. That is a real possibility. We're facing World War III. Frankly, I think we're already in World War III. Yeah, um, I do too. 
yeah, I think we have been for a while now. Mm, um, uh, uh, Marshall McLuhan, who is like the godfather of um, media studies and propaganda and all of that stuff, he said uh, ages ago, decades ago, that World War III is uh, essentially an information war. And uh, there's really no differentiation between uh, military and civilian forces. And it's just all an information. Oh, and that's what we're seeing, Missy. I mean, look at the level of propaganda that the masses are buying when it comes Mm -hmm. to what is going on uh, in Gaza. Like, you know, they literally flip the script, like uh, all of the atrocities that we're seeing, they claim those are the atrocities that are being done to Israel. Like, what are Mm -hmm. you talking about? Like, are you insane? I mean, I have seen interview after interview, Pierce Morgan and the BBC and all of these (laughs) mainstream medias, and they just, they're just making stuff up. Like, let's just make it up. And then they go, oh, well, you never saw the video. And we go, what video? And they go, what video? video. They go, the video they showed the media, like they didn't show no media. Well, they did it behind closed doors. Well, then it's not something they're saying they they did. And then they lose lose all the video from October 7th, which is their stronghold fight, right? Like crazy mind melting the level of propaganda and everyday people are just sucking it up like with a straw. Like, oh, It is amazing to me. It is amazing to me that anybody believes literally anything coming out of Israel right now. The number of lies that they have been caught in straight up lies just since October 7th. We're not even talking about the decades of lies that they've been busted in, but just dozens, dozens of unbelievably bold faced lies that they have been completely caught in uh that have been thoroughly debunked and people still if israel says something they will just uncritically report it no questions yeah. asked they just uncritically report it it is mind-blowing to me that anybody is still buying what they're selling and uh i get like when mainstream media does it because that's obviously uh they're bought and paid for that's what they do uh they just do what they're told they are just paid right. mouthpieces for power but the average american person the idea that anybody is that dense is um it's it's really amazing to me it's uh, as somebody who's fascinated by the way propaganda works and how effective it is and how good they but i mean honestly um prior to social media i think israel was very good at narrative management i think they were very good at propaganda because they could be for 70 years they've been setting this propaganda narrative up i mean you can go back to what 1917 and here's the thing they did it hand in hand with the christian zionists of america so Mm -hmm. it is a deep rooted dogma i am I'm a German Jew. I wasn't raised Jewish. That is my heritage. I was raised Pentecostal, assembly of God. So we were taught about the end times. The book of Revelations is everything to the Pentecostals because we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus, right? So, I mean, they've laid the narrative out there. And, and you go back and you study religion. The book of Revelations, I mean, Rome thought that that was about them. Like every, you know, major civilization has thought that the book of Revelations was about them. But uh, our, we've managed, they've managed to set the narrative up for the last hundred years that, that gives them the support of people who are not paying attention in America because of their religious dogma that they've just. Yeah. But I think that they're losing that, though. And I think it's real. They are. They are. I keep talking about it because I think it's important. But I think since social media was invented, we now have people who are on the ground in real time reporting what's happening in Gaza. And so all of the the facade has fallen away. And also, I think that Israel has really overplayed various hands. I think that the anti-Semitism thing, they have well overplayed that. They have tried to be they've tried to use that for everything to shield themselves from any criticism whatsoever. Uh, And people just are not buying it anymore. They're not following 
falling for it anymore. Um, and then uh, I think also they've overplayed the, um, uh, the 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 idea that people will just uncritically accept whatever they say. And so they, I mean, the most outlandish and ridiculous lies. I mean, they lie about 40 beheaded babies, really? 40 beheaded babies. I and mean, they're really? still toting that. They're still yes. saying that. And I'm just like, yes. that was debunked uh, six weeks ago. Why are you still saying that? You know, like, by no, I saw the video. No, you never did see no, the you video. Didn't. You it know? didn't happen, yeah. homie. It didn't happen. It yeah, never exactly. happened. You're a liar. Uh, and, and I just wish more people were aware of atrocity propaganda and the way that that is used because they tell those stories for reasons. Uh, they are trying to make uh, Hamas into this. And I mean, I'm not saying like uh, Hamas did great things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think yeah, that right, they're trying. Right. They're trying to make Hamas seem like uh, unbelievably horrific that they did these hor. I mean, they're now using the whole sexual assault thing, uh, which there is no evidence for. None. There is zero evidence to support those right. claims. And they're pretending as if they have evidence, but they won't let anybody see it, uh, which I'm sorry. After all of the lies that you've been told, you don't get a pass. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I don't for just real. buy what you say after you've been caught in so many lies. But atrocity propaganda is used that way. They, I mean, if they tell you that Hamas beheaded 40 babies... You're going to be emotionally triggered by that. And then you are going to be willing to justify any atrocity that Israel propagates against Palestinians. And that is exactly why they did that. They wanted to commit a genocide and they knew they had to sell you on it. And that's one of the ways that they tried to do it. And it's so obvious. It's, it's so, so obvious. What about the 38 babies. Palestinian anchor baby, anchor baby babies that they left to die? I mean, yes. it the power on them. Oh, but they, we're not allowed to talk about that or the, you know, no. the tunnels that they keep saying are under hospitals. Well, yeah, there's tunnels under that hospital because you put it there in the freaking 80s. Built them. <laughs> they yeah. built them. Of course yeah. they know there's tunnels under there. Like, yeah. Um, and I really hope that most Americans that are paying attention, I mean, Twitter for whatever Elon's bullshit is, at least we have seen a lot of what's happening in Gaza via Twitter. Uh, but his, this crap that he pulled last week, you know, you and I always talk crap about DARPA boy, right? Like, oh, my God, yeah. stop falling for this guy. And, yeah. you know, then you saw him unwillingly go to Israel and take the tour, right? Baby cribs and whatnot. And then yeah. immediately he comes home and, and tells everybody to F off when it comes to advertising. He's over it. And why did he do that? Because he kissed ass. He bent the knee. He went to Israel hoping that they wouldn't come for his advertising. He got home and they came for his advertising anyway. Mm -hmm. And now he's just like, you know, I, I, uh, I'm so done with Twitter. It, it's not a free speech platform. No. I am so <laughs> banned over there. I'm lucky when I see your stuff over there, I get like maybe the same 20 people that interact in my feed. That's all I yeah. ever see over there. You're in it. I never chamber. see your tweets. Your shadow ever. bad. Nobody ever sees my stuff. So I finally wrote him a letter and just told him they could take their X and shove it and they need to quit sucking Zionists. You know what? And that I, why would yeah. I pay somebody to abuse me the way you guys are abusing us? And censor I'll, me. Like people keep saying, yeah. oh, well, you got it. You got to get on Twitter blue. So then you're they, they no. won't censor you. I'm not paying somebody to not censor me. Absolutely not. That's not a yeah. thing I'm going to do. I'm not willing to do well, that. I under did any pay and I was no. censored. I paid for the last six months and everybody's like, oh, you're getting one of those fancy blue checks. You're a sellout. And I was like, no, I'm doing it for two reasons. So I can edit my um, post because sometimes I spell wrong or I'm not awake when I put a post up and I want to be able to go fix it. And so yeah. I could live stream. But I've been told I could live stream without it. So I was just like, I'm done paying somebody to abuse me. But I don't. I was just as censored, I believe with the blue check than I was without it.
For sure you were. Cause I, I, I never see your stuff. I have to like go to your page. I have to seek you out. I, I mean, I have been, hev- listen, I have been heavily shadow banned the entirety of my Twitter existence. I knew that going in, I talk a lot about Assange and that is not something that they yeah, like. Um, so and so, I, but I honestly, I honestly think it's worse under Elon. I mean, I have no, um, you know, uh, nothing to show people to be like, look how bad it is. I didn't even know, honestly, I'm so um, uh, dumb about this stuff. I didn't even know you could like check your analytics until like a, a few months ago. <laughs> I had no idea you could check that kind of stuff. So I don't right. care about it that much. Yeah, I just right. use Twitter to rant um, and to uh, do activism. That's all I really use it for. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, uh, the there was a time there for a few months where if you you had to if you typed in my name in the search bar, you know, usually the Dropbox comes down. They won't come up. Come fees up. the same way. Fees the same yeah. way. I type in fee yeah. Fiorell, it won't pop up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's terrible. And I, I mean, but this is Mr. Free Speech, right? This is a guy. This is a guy who's going to say free speech for all of us. I mean, it is absurd on um, every level that anybody thought Elon Musk uh, <laughs> cared. At all. The dude hasn't even taken a stand on Julian Assange. The pinnacle of uh the threat against free speech right now i mean it in my opinion it is maybe the single most important court case on free speech and press freedom in history and mr free speech won't even take a stand on it well because he lose government contracts and that's what it's about for him you don't become the richest man on the planet and take the amount of money that he has taken from the military industrial complex and darpa to develop all of these future techs they choose you it's not yeah. like he just rose to the top and he was so brilliant the guy's not even that fucking smart go listen to the interview he did with joe rogan around halloween time the guy yeah. is kind of a uh duh, duh. he steals his his patents and and mm-hmm. his tech from other people he slaps his name on it he makes money because he works hand in hand with the government what was the biggest thing that came from him visiting gaza he promised benjamin netanyahu that he would not turn starlink on for the God, you know, for Gaza, for the Palestinian people. That's what it was all about, you know. So he, yeah, yeah, people quit. Slight correction, him. slight correction. He didn't visit Gaza. He visited yeah, no, Tel Aviv. He, he was exactly. asked. He's too he was asked shit to, to go, go to Gaza. Gaza. Right, yeah, he right. was asked. Uh, he they was. asked him to go to Gaza, and he refused. He goes, oh, it looks scary. Yeah, that's what he said. It looks well, little, looks dangerous. Well, no, yeah, shit. no kidding. I mean, duh. What did you think? That's what happens when uh, Israel is committing a genocide. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what and then your takeaway from that is to come back and give like full-throated support to israel and decide that you're going to censor people who say from the river to the sea or the word yeah. decolonize i right. mean and then he, and then he, they got him tweeting in hebrew my guy's out here tweeting in hebrew i haven't now. seen that i've been busy so i haven't seen it holy crap oh my god he's out here tweeting in hebrew now i mean really my guy it is just Ugh. it's absurd it is absurd on every level but i genuinely do think though that israel has lost the narrative that they have lost. i think so obviously there's some reports out now that Benjamin Netanyahu is uh, concerned. I think that's the word that they used about the number of protests. So if you are out there protesting, keep protesting, bring friends, make them three times as large as they are. If you haven't been to a protest, go to one. If there isn't one near you, start one. Uh, Because that, I think it is working. That kind of pressure does work. We're seeing the boycotts, um, uh, the boycotting of companies that are supported. Yes, Yes. do that. Go find out who, what companies are supporting Israel and stop giving them your business. If you find a company that supports Palestine, go give them your business. That the, yeah. Voting with your dollars is one of the most effective ways. And to it's make so important for Americans. We, yes. And, you know, as a girl, can I tell you, Missy, uh, m- most of the majority of the number one makeup companies in the United States Huda. come through. Huda. Huda. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, you stop using Revlon. Stop using L'Oreal. Yeah. Stop. I mean, all of these name brand makeups that we've used as women for the last 50 years. Guys, the money's I going straight into Israel. Huda right now. <laughs> Good girl. George Galloway, George Galloway tweeted about Huda I love Beauty. George, yes. um, I do too. And he, as soon as he tweeted about it, I was like, okay, I'm going to go check out their products. I checked it out. Um, and I went and immediately uh, spent like 250 bucks. Uh, nice. I got some stuff for my kid. I got some stuff for myself. Like I, I'm big on that kind of stuff. Like I, uh, I, it once, once you make me angry in that way, like Walmart, me I too. haven't been to a Walmart in 12 years, yeah, uh, could. because they treat their employees like crap. And I just mm -hmm. don't, I won't go. And once I have that in my head, I will no longer, uh, uh go, spend my money through your business. And so uh, that's right. a huge thing. And it's something it's, I mean, it can be a little complicated because you got to figure out which companies do what it takes a little bit of research. It takes a little There's bit of great charts out there though yeah. i've been putting them up on my show like here's a chart of all the companies you should stop using I, you know just yeah. keep putting those charts out there yeah i mean it's uh it's it is just one of those really easy and effective ways that, i mean you get to make that choice of where you spend your money uh and i refuse for to now anyways yeah that's yeah, fair. <laughs> for now. For now. wait till the cbds roll out and guess what they're not going to be programmed by the the uh, Central Reserve anymore. They're going to be programmed by, oh, I don't know, JP Morgan. You hear all the banks that are failing that nobody's talking about just, yes. you know, quietly. Oh, here's another 50 banks have closed in the Midwest. Like, yeah, nobody's saying a word. There's a lot of things happening beneath the surface that most people aren't paying attention to because there's a lot of things going on. And frankly, people are so unbelievably overwhelmed with just life, just trying to survive uh, that they don't have the time to even look into that stuff. And it is that is by that's by design. They want it people is. exhausted, overwhelmed, tired, um, ill-informed, uninformed. Um, and they want you just basically on autopilot. They want you smart enough to run the machines as George Carlin would say, they don't want you any smarter yeah, yeah, than that. Yeah, right. Just smart enough to run the machines. Uh, and that is exactly the environment that we've created in this country. And it is so, it makes me angry, Shanda, because honestly, we deserve so much better. We could be amazing too. We That's really so could have been in a, we yeah. are the great experiment, right? That's what the founding fathers called us. And we got centrally captured at the beginning of, you know, the 1900s and we've been screwed ever since. Sadly. Yeah. And it makes me angry because I feel like Americans have allowed themselves to get beaten down to the point where we're just willing to accept this unbelievably disgusting situation. Uh, and we just think that, oh, well, this is the best we can do. It's not. It's not the best we can do. And we deserve far more. Uh, and it makes me it just it makes me sad to see like and I don't even care. Like, I don't care if you if you hate me. I don't care. You deserve better. If you disagree right. with me on everything, <laughs> I don't care. You deserve better. We all deserve better. And it just makes me sad to watch my uh, I mean, I'm not particularly patriotic, but to watch my fellow countrymen get shit on on like this and just take it oh makes me angry but it really you know does. at the end of the day i have hope misty because as americans we have been given something that so many other countries haven't and that is a deep-seated belief that we do have freedom that we do have freedom of the speech so yeah. and and we have this uh camaraderie that we do come together in times of crisis so we do we, we keep saying it it hasn't gotten bad yet or hasn't gotten bad enough yet eventually we're going to hit that tipping point and the amber is going to start the fire and we are going to come together you know i don't yeah. know how long it's going to take or things have got to get much worse your netflix has got to be turned the yeah. fuck off you got to have no groceries at the grocery store and then we're going to come together and be like what happened to our country 
Yeah. And I, I genuinely think that we will. I wish I wish it didn't have to get that bad for that to happen. But you're right. I genuinely think in times of crisis, we have seen it over and over and over again. Americans come together regardless of differences. And yeah. so I do have a little bit of hope for that. But it is, it's just frustrating that it has to get to that point. So, OK, tell everybody really quickly. We've got about 30 seconds or so uh, where they can find you. You can find me on YouTube. I am the Trailer Park Pundit. I also do a show called Beauty and the Boomer every Saturday night with my boomer friend. And uh, we are Roar Media, representing women in independent media. If you're out there, you want to get started, you have something to say, uh, send me an email, send me a DM at Shan Masta. And uh, that's what we're here to do. Help get those voices out there. Yes. And I love you for it. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I appreciate you as always. I love your energy. It's always fun when you're here. Um, Okay. I'll be back tomorrow with another show. Matthew Ho is going to be here as Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shays right after this on TNT Radio.